When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. Yes, sir. Sometimes you just got to look at the devil and say, you're messing with the wrong one, man. Sometimes you got to look at your circumstances and be like, do you know who you're dealing with? You must not know about me. Sometimes you got to look at something you get in the mail and say, you don't know who you're messing with. Sometimes you got to look at some of your coworkers and say, you don't know. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Don't say it out loud, though. Don't say it out loud, though. Lift your Bibles high. Let's get into word. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I am a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I am about to receive. Remain standing, if you will, for just one more moment. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Don't forget you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You can text us, all of those wonderful things. Uh, I know lots of people in this region don't use Twitter, but I know lots of y'all use the Facebook. In fact, sometimes the Facebook is the way in which Satan introduces you to your yesterday. I'll leave it alone because I just see somebody just got offended. Oh, well. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse number 1. You got it? We are in our spiritual gift series, and um, literally last night, uh, the Lord changed the direction he wanted me to go with today's teaching. We were supposed to go somewhere else, and last night he changed it. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy... A beloved son. So Paul uh, was the man of God. Timothy was Paul's spiritual son. He calls him a beloved son. Say beloved son. He says, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Now look at me. Here's what happened. Paul sent uh, his spiritual son, Timothy, he sent him to go and to lead churches in a particular region. 
And as he sent them to lead these churches in a particular reason, he found out that Timothy was having to go through a lot of hell. He was having to deal with a lot of stuff. He was having people that were coming against him. He was having people that didn't know him, yet they were coming up with conclusions about him. Uh, maybe you've never had that happen. He had, he, he had people that were angry about the fact that he got elevated and promoted, and they did not saying things that they ought not say. He had people that did not want to submit to what he said. He had people coming against him. He had uh, quite a unique situation because the Timothy's issue was not with the world. His issue was with the folk in his church. And so as his spiritual father, the apostle Paul is writing him, he says to him, he says, verse four, I greatly desire to see you. Watch this, but I'm mindful of your tears. <laughs> he said, Timothy, I know it's been getting so rough that sometimes the only thing you can do is just cry about it because you, you want to go knock them out, but you're the pastor, so you can't do that. He says, he'd like to use tongues with them that they don't need an interpreter to understand. He, he said, but I understand that, that, that you're just going through some things. Look at your neighbor say he was going through some things. He says, but I'm mindful of your tears so I can be filled with joy. Watch verse 5. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. So Timothy was raised by his mother and grandmother. His father was absentee. So when Paul comes into his life, he's more than a spiritual father for him. In fact, he is a surrogate father for him. He teaches Timothy how to fish. He teaches Timothy how to tie his tie if they had neckties. He teaches Timothy how to do everything that his father did not teach him. Verse 6. Watch it. Therefore, I remind you. In spite of your tears, in spite of your issues, in spite of what you're going through, stir up the gift. This is somebody's word. Uh, in spite of your mistake, in spite of your accident, in spite of your bad decision, in spite of the thing you did that you knew you shouldn't have done, he says, I need to remind you that somebody before you was praying for you, and somebody for, before you was instilling faith in you, and somebody before you wanted to make sure that you succeeded. So he says, son, I remind you, stir up the gift. Look at your neighbor say, stir it up, baby, stir it up. Uh, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Through the laying on of my hands. Watch verse 5. You know it. For God has not given us a spirit of phobia. Fear. <laughs> he said, but he gave us dunamis. <laughs> and he gave us love. And he gave us our sound or a right mind. I wish you'd encourage somebody and help me preach this thing today. Tell them, neighbor, does not matter what it looks like you better stir up those gifts tell them it don't matter who's against you you better stir up those gifts Jesus speak in this house we're ready to hear in Jesus name amen be seated I feel like teaching you the word today each week in this series, uh, we told you that there was going to be a gift for you. And when you came in, you should have received a small token uh, to encourage you to take home with you. I understand last week some people got confused about the t-shirt and bracelet set. And they thought I said that was a gift. Ooh, but I didn't say that. Now, I, I need you to get this because I want to lay this foundation. You are gifted. Say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. You know the most difficult thing to get people to do is to believe good news about themselves. Somebody tell you you messed up, jacked up, this and that, you'll believe that in a, in a heartbeat. But when somebody tries to tell you that you're gifted and God is for you, you got an issue with that. Tell your neighbor, say, I got good news for you. You are gifted. That's why you've been afflicted. The enemy doesn't mess with empty vaults. 
Watch this now. You are gifted, and God wants to use your spiritual gifts to help change the uh, lives of others. We talked about that in week one of the series. We're in week three today. And in this series, we told you that we are going to show you how to clearly identify, use, and maximize your gifts in every sphere of your life. More importantly, you'll learn how to use your gift to change the lives of others. God has a plan, and you are part of that plan, and God wants to use you. Say, yes, me. Now, you're thinking, well, God can't use me because of my this, because of my record, because of my past, because of my pedigree, because of my bloodline, because of this and because of that. I'm here to make an announcement to you. None of that is true. God desires to use you. How do you know that, Bishop? Because you're sitting in this place today. Why would God go through all of the trouble that he went through to save you? And why would God go through all of the trouble that he went through to bring you out of the dysfunction of your bloodline unless he had a reason for doing it? I'm here to tell you God is too wise to be ignorant. God is too wise to be dumb. He would not invest in something that he did not know he would get a return on his investment. Look at the neighbor and say, he's going to get a return on you, baby. Now, 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 watch this, watch this. We started that uh, last week, and we're going to continue that uh, today. Now, watch this. We talked about the fact that a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability to do God's work for God's glory. Spiritual gifts are normally divided into how many groups? Three of them, and they are, you remember them? The motivational gifts, which we started talking about last week. The manifestational gifts, which we'll get into a little bit later, but we talked about in week one. And the five-fold gifts, which we talked about a little bit in week one, we'll get into a little bit later in this series. Anybody remember their top five gifts? Wonderful. Look at that. Look at there. Look at there. Wonderful. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, last week, we talked about a few characteristics and cautions, or you could also term it you know, pros and cons of some of the, of the nine gifts that are test, uh, test for the presence of. Prophecy, remember, we talked about was God consciousness. We talked about serving, which, was pe- which were individuals that were task-oriented. As I call your gift, just make some noise. Don't leave me hanging. We talked about prophecy, which was God consciousness. It was like three of y'all because it's always like three people. A lot of people think they're gifted prophetically until they test for it to determine they're not. They just want to be deep. We talked about serving. Task-oriented people. We talked about teaching. Truth-oriented people. We talked about exhortation growth conscious people we talked about giving stewardship conscious people and remember just for the sake of the discussion for those of you that maybe have not been here during the rest of the series understand that giving is it's a supernatural ability to give above and beyond what normal individuals would and to do it in a discreet fashion but do not think that because you didn't test high on giving that that's why you shouldn't give so don't say see that's why i don't give my family anything because i just that's not my gift no, you're just stingy and selfish. That's, 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 that's totally different. Okay, we talked about that. Got it? Uh, we talked about administration. Goal-oriented people. Coincidentally, administration also deals with the gift of leadership. Uh, we talked about evangelism. Proclaimers of the gospel. They'll reach the lost at any cost. We talked about mercy. Oh. Now, the mercy folk got loud right there. Ain't that something? <laughs> We talked about mercy. These are individuals that are feeling-oriented. Everything uh, many times is done by feelings. Then we talked about Pastor Shepherd, those who care for individuals. Now watch this. We're going to get into the meat of this. I'm so excited about it. Are you excited about it? Now no, no, watch this. Say, stir up the gift. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said to stir 
stir up the gift. Now, we, there's a song that came out years ago by the Colorado Mass Choir, and they said, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but the Lord has given us power. And then they talk about stir up the gift, lay your hands on me, touch me, do a new thing, Lord, and stir up the gift. Now, but, but watch this. Many times people say that and don't know what that actually means. Watch this. The, the, the phrase stir up in the Greek is a compound, uh, which is the word uh, anose pureo. Uh, don't worry about spelling it. Just get the CD. Here, here it is. Here's what it means. It means to kindle anew, resuscitate, inflame, to keep one's mind on, to have zeal about, or to gain strength. <laughs> you, 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 you get into your minute. He said, he said, son, he said, you're going through some stuff. And he said, you're getting distracted by your stuff. You're going through some disappointment and you're getting distracted by your disappointment. I just wish I had somebody that... He said, you're going through some setbacks. Your plan didn't involve this. And he said, and, and you're getting distracted. You're getting unfocused. So he said, the solution to your lack of focus is I need you to watch this. I need you to gain some strength. I need you to have some zeal or excitement. I need you to keep your mind on your gift so that your trouble does not distract you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Just because you've got to go through a detour does not mean that you're not going to make it to your final destination. Sometimes you're going to have to go over here and go over here and go over there and take some detours. But God says, baby, while you're on your detour, you better get excited about your life. You better get excited about your gift. You better get excited about the fact that you still got breath in your body. Watch this. He said, he, he said stir up the gift. He said, resuscitate. <laughs> Which means he says, you let it die because you got offended. How many folk get offended and so they end up letting their passion for God die because of some sister Sue Betty and some sister don't know nothing. Or, or, or says, today as your pastor, I'm announcing to you, it's time for you to stir up the gifts in you. It's time for you to start making your life mean something. And I'm talking about something bigger than a job. I'm talking about something bigger than a new house. I'm talking about something bigger than a new car. I'm talking about something even bigger than your relationship. I'm talking about getting excited about the reason you were created. Watch this. So, so, there, are, so there are then, watch this, there, there are three things. Say three. Matter of fact, I'm going to bless you. Give you four. You're going to get three for uh, four for three. Well, watch this. Say stir up the gift. So here's the first way we stir up the gifts. Now watch this. I want to walk us through this because when you leave out of here, I, I need you to understand that, that the stuff you're dealing with has nothing to do with the current state you're at in your life. It has everything to do with the place that God has ordained for your life. And God says if you can't pass this test on this level, then you can't qualify for the next place. Say stir it up. So here's the first thing, here's, and I'm going to make it make sense in a minute because somebody said, well, stir up the gifts, that's nice business, but I'm just trying to pay this bill. And that's the problem. You're a survivalist, not a thriver. You think you're on a game show where you're trying to pass and beat everybody on the island. Not understanding, God said, I already gave you the island. The island's yours. God says, I gave you the TV network. Why are you sitting up here trying to be on the camera? You need to be the man that sits behind the desk. I wish we would stop teaching our children that the only thing they could be is doctors and lawyers and, and musicians and athletes. Not that anything is wrong with those things, but you better understand for all the money uh, that LeBron James makes, somebody's sitting behind the desk signing a check. That's who you want your child to be. 
For him to make it, somebody had to collect it. Nothing's wrong with those things. But watch this. If you're going to stir up the gift, you first got to, number one, know your gifts. Now, we began that process, and you tested for it and all that. And I encourage even my students to take that. And you should take that test every six months or so so that you can see how you're growing and see how you're changing and see what's happening with your dominant gifts. Those top five gifts are your dominant gifts. And as you continue to grow and mature, those top five will sometimes change because as you use them, some will be strengthened. And as you don't use them, some will be weakened. It is just through the process of growth and maturity. But you should do that. Watch this. How you're gifted reveals your assignment. Say, I'm assigned to do something in the earth. It's the reason you were created. Now, now, now watch this. You were created for a specific reason, and it involves you bettering the lives of other people. You were not created, hear me, and, and hear me, because we got to break this mentality. You were not created to earn a paycheck. You weren't created for that. Now, what are you saying, Bishop, I quit my job? Please, Denver, don't say stuff I did not say. You were created. Say, I was created with an assignment. See, when you do your assignment, money will chase you. You won't be chasing a dollar. But in our culture, we teach people, go get you a good high-paying job. Even if you ain't gifted, do it anyhow. But then you're unfulfilled because you're doing what you're not gifted and created to do. And so now you wake up and you hate to wake up and you hate to go because you're not doing what you were made to do. And so you're trying to be a circle that's fitting in somebody's triangle or whatever it is. You're trying to fit into a, a rudiment, into a system that you were not designed to fit in. So I have a purpose. I have an assignment. Now, most people... A lot of conversations I've been having with people lately, I've been having conversations like this. I said, what's your life plan? Where are you going? What are you doing? What are you created for? What's your plan? What are you gifted to do? What are you doing? Where are you going? You know why? Because here's the truth. Most times, nobody's ever asked you that question. In high school, your guidance counselors ask you, what are you doing to graduate? They ask you, what are you doing to survive so you can get out of here? You're not hearing what I'm saying? In college, that's why we see so many of our young people that switch their degrees and decide that they want to go into a field that starts with a P. Because it seems to be easy to navigate through that field. And for those of you that went through that field, I'm not judging you or beating you down. I'm just saying... Did you do anything or make any decision based off of your assignment? But you can't know how you're assigned and what you're assigned to do unless you first know how you are gifted. So I want to look through this. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to teach through this and then we're going to shout real good in a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, you have a purpose and you have an assignment. Now, our purpose is all the same. I remember years ago, there was a big, big, big ta-da about a book that came out. It's purpose this and purpose that and purpose that. And, and, and man made multi-millions of dollars talking about something that I could have told you for free. It's one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 18. You got it? Now, now, this is your purpose or your calling. I'm going to show it to you. Okay? So somebody said, I just don't know what I'm here for. I'm, I'm going to show you. Got it? 
Okay, verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. And he has given us the what? That ministry of reconciliation. Well, reconciling who? The world back to God. Now, the reason we're reconciling the world back to God is because before the world was the world's, the world was God's. Before somebody decided that they could sin and figured out that they could do stuff that was contrary to God, they were with God. Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and you were with me and I had ordained you. I had called you and given you an assignment before you ever came through your birth canal. But when you got to earth, all of a sudden you had to deal with the issues and the vicissitudes of life on earth which distracted you from what it is that I put in you. That's why Paul tells Timothy, so stir up what's in you. Look at verse 19. He says, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of what? Reconciliation. So verse 20, here it is. This is your purpose or your calling right here. Now then, we are, say it. Say it again. Say it like you believe what you're reading. As though God, watch this, was pleading through us. Not just through what you say, but in how you live. St. Francis of Assisi years ago said, he said, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Your life should be preaching so loud that you don't have to say nothing. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So then what is your purpose or your calling? Ambassador for Christ. That's the same for every one of us. Now, check this out. Look at this next part. But the way you do that is called your assignment. Because you see what you're supposed to do. But now you have an assignment to do that. Now, I want you to see this assignment thing. Go to 2 Peter. Go to 2 Peter. Y'all all right? Chapter 1, verse 10. When you start living based on your assignment, you'll stop making bad decisions. And I want to show you in the Scripture. Bad decisions are simply a result of bad information or impatience. You wanted it now, so you did what you could do to get it now, even though you weren't ready for it now. Or somebody told you you were ready for it now, and you took their advice. Anybody ever done that? Somebody tell you something, and and then later on you discover that you shouldn't have listened to that person? (laughs) Now look at this. Look, look Look what he says. He says, therefore, brethren... Be even more diligent to make your call. We just learned that, right? Look at the second part. And election or assignment. Sure. Because if you do these things, God, I wish I had a church in here. You will never make another bad decision in your life. So let's read it in, let's read it out. He's saying, he's saying, in other words, let's read, it, let's read it out. He says, you stumble because you didn't know your call nor your election and you couldn't know those because you never took the time to figure out how you were gifted. But you ought to be thankful you're in a church where you can figure out how you're gifted. Now look at this. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Um, the word call there in the Greek is the word klesis. The word election is the word ekloge. Here's what it means. 
it's literally translates to the invitation God has given to you and chosen you to do. Watch this. Having no regard to your education, your riches, or your station in life. Oh, God, I'm going to say it again because your neighbor didn't hear me. It is the invitation that God has given to you and chosen you to do having no regard for your education, your riches, or your present station in life. Which means God says, I don't care that you got 50 cents in the bank. I did not change my mind about your call and about your election or your assignment. In other words, God says, you're the only one counting stuff. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, stir up to give. Now, now I, 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 I want you to see this. I want you to see this. God wants to use you in one of seven spheres of society. You've heard me say that every week. And you're going to hear me say it as many times as I can say it. Because sometimes people think that the only way that they can be used is when they're on a stage. Not understanding that your everyday life is your stage. Parents, your children, that's your stage. Fathers, your, your wives and your children, that's your first stage. Which means if you can't perform there... God wants to use you in one of seven spheres of society, family, media, spirituality, or the church, arts and entertainment, government, education, and business. Now, you're already in one of those spheres, already. So let me, let me just prove it to you. If you're in business, let me see your hand. Great. Put it down. If you're in education, you're an educator, you're a teacher, you're a parapro, you're a recess worker, whatever, put your hand up. There you go. Great. Okay. Or online education and all that. Okay. If you're in government, put your hand up. Wonderful. We thank God for y'all. We praise God for y'all. We want y'all to spend our money better. <laughs> but we thank God for you. Amen. Uh, arts and entertainment. Okay. Wonderful. Great. All right. The church. Everybody put your hand up. You're in the church. Great. All right. Media. Media. Online. Social media. Facebook. Twitter. Uh, some of y'all know that got Facebook because I hadn't seen your comment on mine. Let me tell you about Well, I'm not sure what that is. All right, now look here. All right, all right, all right, and family. How many people you got? You got, okay, if it's one of you in your house, that's a family. Because you'll discover sometimes being by yourself, sometimes you got more issues than when you got folk in there. Because when something get, happens, you can only blame you. Now, who didn't left the. I guess it was me. <laughs> okay. Now, 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 watch this, watch this. Spiritual gifts are for his glory, not yours. Okay? Now watch this. Don't confuse the gift working through you with your own talents and abilities or greatness. Everything great about you is because of him. Did you hear what I just said? Everything great about you is because of him. Never ever start thinking that when people say good things about you, it's because it's you they're talking about. That's why the last thing I do is believe the press. People tell, oh, Bishop, I don't believe none of that, and I just point up to Jesus and say it's all because of Jesus because I understand that the same people that celebrated him on Wednesday were the same ones crying crucify him a couple days later. So I don't, I don't believe none of the hype. And I don't believe the press. I don't read the press reports. I don't read the news. I don't believe none of it. Everything great that is about me is because of him. Everything great that is about you is because of him. Tell your neighbor, say, everything great about you is because of Jesus. Never confuse it with you. First thing to store up the gifts. 
Okay, I want to walk through this sequentially. Know your gifts. Second thing, second thing, use your gifts in the church. Use your gifts in the church. It would amaze you how many singers we see today uh, that are on, on national platforms and stuff. And, um, and I'm not here to judge what they do, what they say, what they're saying. That's not the discussion we're here to have. But it would amaze you how many of them, the only reason they're as talented as they are is because when they were two and three and four and five, mama said, you better get your butt down there to children's choir rehearsal. I remember in the movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? Uh, Anime Bullock, the movie starts out because she was just a vivacious little thing. She was talking about this little light of mine, and she was singing it. And, 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 and Mother Jones, whatever her name was, over the choir, she did not like the way Anime Bullock was singing this. And some of y'all don't know who Anime Bullock is. Anime Bullock is Tina Turner's real name. Some of y'all are like, who is that? And she got her start in the church. You'd be surprised at how many people got there. KC and JoJo started in the church. <laughs> Kelly Price started in the church. Whitney started in the church. Who else? Beyonce started in the church. Now, I don't know about that Jay. I don't know where he started. I don't know, but I know she started in the church. I don't know nothing about him. I don't know nothing about her, but she started in the church. Ain't that what she told Oprah? She started in the church. She started in the church. Who else? Montel. Montel is a worship pastor in Atlanta now. Talking about this is how we praise him. No, 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 you know. <laughs> He's a worship leader in Atlanta. Here, here, here's the point. Here's the point. It is no coincidence that because of their faithfulness in the church that they would have even had the ability or capacity to do anything greater. Scripture says if you can't be faithful to the house, it calls you worse than an infidel or an unbeliever. Which means it's no coincidence. I'm not here to judge what they do. That's not our discussion. But I'm here to tell you, they didn't make it to the platforms they made it to because they were unfaithful to church. Do you understand that? Now, I'm not saying you use the church as a vehicle. <laughs> and then you can go get you a show at the Apollo. First Corinthians 12, 7, uh, New Living says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help one another. Oh, watch this. When you use your gift in church, I think I got some witnesses that you come alive when you start serving in the church. I, I think I got some, some witnesses here that you realize that every single decision that's made, you played a part in that. And every single person that gives their life to Christ, you played a part in that. You store up your gifts when you use them in the church. I dare your job get something you don't give your God. Uh, it's, 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 that's, that's backwards. H how does the world get something that you won't first give to your God whom gave it to you in the first place? It's real quiet right through here. Okay, this last one, this last one, will, or this next two, rather, maybe will help you. Third thing, use your gifts in your career. This is so powerful. And even my young people, even my young people, hear me. If you know you desire to go into a particular field, you know, while everybody else may be working at McDonald's and Burger King, you know, keeping us free from horse meat and stuff like that. 
There's nothing wrong with you having a, an ambitious mindset to say, that's good. Nothing's wrong with that. But, but, but I know I want to go into law, whatever. So what I'm going to do is try to see what opportunities are available in that field. Okay. All right. All right. So, so use your gifts in your career. Watch this. Stop looking for a job because of what it pays or the benefits it offers. And begin to ask God to open doors for you to work how you're gifted. Most folk are just trying to get a check to pay some bills. And then when you ask most people in the world, are you satisfied with life or do you feel fulfilled in life? You know, most people say no. Why? Because they're working to make a living rather than living to make a giving. And the giving is themselves with the gifts that they've been given. What's this? What's this? Uh, if you ask God to open doors for you to work how you're gifted, then you'll never just work a day in your life because you'll be doing what you were created for. You'll be doing what you were created for. It's never, oh, I got to go to work. No, it's going to be the exact opposite. Oh, my goodness, I can't wait to get to the office. And other people be like, why are you so excited about your job? And you're thinking to yourself, if you only knew because I'm doing what I was made and what I was created to do. And while it may not be significant to you, it's not significant to you because you're not gifted the way that I'm gifted. And so it's foolish to try to compare two different vocations or occupations predicated upon the difference in gifting that we have. Because you'll never be satisfied by what satisfies me because you don't have in you what I have in me. That's why you should never hate on somebody and you should never talk about somebody else's success because what is significant to you may not be significant to them because what's in you is not in them. A person that becomes jealous of another person is simply a person that doesn't know what they're here for. You find somebody jealous is because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, young people, you know, that's the big talk in church today. Haters, 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 haters. It wasn't like that a few years ago. Because folk didn't even care about him. Like, oh, okay, who? But now it's a big deal. So, 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 so watch this. When you find people that have issues with you for no reason, it's because they simply don't know what they're supposed to do. And so the most easy and convenient thing to do is then direct their attention toward you to criticize what you're doing, which they could never do. Because the truth is, is even if they got an opportunity to do it, they wouldn't be fulfilled by doing it because what's in you is not in them. So the next time somebody says something, oh, well, I don't understand how that brings you joy. I say, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, I understand why you work so hard like that. I mean, you know, it's just a job. No, what you don't understand is, is that life is a job interview. I'm always interviewing for the next place. And, and while the boss man's not interviewing me, my God is interviewing me. And he's seeing how I flip those burgers. Because if he can't trust me to be a good burger flipper, he'll never trust me to own a franchise. And if you'll never trust me to own a friend, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. So, no, this is more than just a job, baby. This is assignment. This is my election. This is what I was created to do. And whatever I find myself doing, watch me do it well. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, uh, use your gifts in your career. <laughs> when you use your gifts well, watch this, people will notice. And people will glorify your God. 
Matthew chapter 5, you don't have to flip there. It says this. It says, you are the light of the world, verse 14. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine that they may see your good works. And then when they see how good you do it, they're going to say, it must be because of their God. Never criticize someone's glory when you don't know their story. Don't look up at somebody and say, they think they all that, and they think they that. You don't know that. Just because they don't walk around with their head down because they know what they're here for? I, I heard people say stuff like that about me my whole life. And I said, well, I didn't say nothing to you. I'm just doing what I'm doing. But he just think he all that. Baby, you got the memo wrong. I know. Because greater is he that's up in me than all of this going on around here. It was crazy. People talk about me for all kinds of stuff. People don't even know me saying stuff about me. One time, I, this is years ago, I mean, one time I got a, I got a new kind of automobile and, and I got calls from a whole other part of the country. Well, how's your car? I'm saying, how you even, who are you? What's the problem? I'm just handling my business. Don't you get mad at me because I do what I'm told. And he blesses me because of that. And you disobedient and you get what well, you got, what you got. That's why you got what you got. Look at your neighbor and say, I do what the Lord tells tell I do. I do what I'm told. And since I do what I'm told, he takes good care. Do I have any witnesses in here that when you do what God says, he'll always make a way out of no way. And he'll make sure that you never lack for anything. Don't you be talking. I just do what I'm told. Pastors in the city talking about me. And then they copy, take my tapes and go preach them. I won't call no names. And y'all better pray for me because I, I feel a name calling spirit. And I'm amazed. I'm like, why are you even looking at what I'm doing? Preachers came in town a couple years ago. It's a couple, two, three years ago. About three years ago now, some preachers came in town. And, uh, and, and, and they had a meeting about me. And I'm thinking, what y'all meeting about me for? I'm just over here trying to do what God told me to do. What? You're the one with all of this here and all that. I'm just doing what God told me. Why you got a problem with me? That cat, Bishop Foreman, that's what they said. Like, I ain't no cat. <laughs> Part of the cat family. I'm a lion. What you know about me? I'm Mufasa, baby. What you know about me? What? <laughs> But, I, but here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. I, I, I tried to say, I said, God, what, what is the point? I said, I'm not bothering nobody. You felt like that? You just, Lord, I just do it. I, I just, I ain't bothering nobody. Why y'all meeting about me? Go meet about somebody else. Go. They said, we got to put a strategy in place so we limit his influence. I said, the problem is, playboy. <laughs> You, you presuppose you gave me something. And what you didn't give. Okay, I'll leave it alone because some of y'all, that's too much for y'all because I know y'all think everybody that's got a mic loves everybody else with a mic. I'm going to leave that alone because I can see y'all getting very concerned. 
We're going to leave it alone. Here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. When you start living based on your assignment, watch this. You just read in the Bible, you'll stop making bad decisions. And when you do that, you're going to have people that are going to say things about you. And you just got to say, oh, well, say what you're going to say. But watch me keep climbing high. Sometimes you got to look at him and say, baby, because I'm moving on up. And you can either come on with me or you can stay down here. But I'm not going to play down who God has made me to be to make you feel comfortable about your mediocrity. I'm, who am I talking to? I am not going to not enjoy my life so you can feel good about how you mess yours up. I am not going to do that because I'm living based on assignment. When people see your good works, they'll look and glorify your God. They'll glorify your God. Let me just say this parenthetically, insert this for the things I just said. I wasn't saying that to be pretentious. I hope you didn't receive it that way. I was just saying to make a point that when you live based on assignment, you're going to aggravate people who don't know what they're assigned to do. And the only thing they can do is throw rocks at you. That's what they were doing to Timothy. So what did Paul have to tell him? He said, let no man despise your youth, son. He said, because, he said, because, you, you, he said, Timothy, he said, you're leading the people. And he said, but you got some people who are looking at their lives and frustrated with where their lives are and looking at you and said, trying to figure out how you did that in that amount of time. And they couldn't do that in the amount of time they had. So, so, so he said, Timothy, he said, he said, listen, you're going to deal with some people talking about you. But he said, stir it up no matter what. When you live, can, can I just work this for just, God, y'all don't want me to work it or nothing. Let me just give, give me 30 more seconds right here. When, 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 you live, when you live based on assignment, okay, what you were created to do, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to create schisms. Watch this. Listen where you're going to do it. Amongst your own blood. Sometimes they will look and well, you just, who you think you are? Oh, you just think you miss holy because you go to church. No, I know I'm holy because the scripture told me he made me that way. No, I don't think that. You should get the record straight. You, you, you just think, oh, you think you're doing something now because you're over there learning that Bible. No, I know I'm doing something now. It's called, it's called following Jesus. It's called, I don't know, finally living. Tired of existing. I'm ready to live. Tired of sucking up air. I'm ready to live. Tired of... They just didn't, they just didn't move. And then watch this. And then don't be the first one to move out of where you live. Do you know, do you know the average person lives within 15 miles where they grew up? Now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. So don't everybody start thinking, Bishop, we're going to be leaving at the end of this year because we're going to move to somewhere. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. What does that tell you about the pathology of Americans? The pathology of Americans is that they never move 15 miles past the dysfunction they were raised in. And so they're 45 still talking about what happened to them when they were seven. 
They're grown. It's four family reunions after all that happened, and they still sitting up talking about, do you remember when mama did that? Remember when daddy did that? That was so wrong, wasn't it? I'm still hurting over that. You're still hurting? Baby, you better grow up. You ain't got time to be messed up and jacked up over what somebody did to you. You better learn how to bless and step. I, I, I know you didn't know no better, but baby, I forgive you, but I got a life to live. I don't have time to be bound by this foolishness. Bless and step. It's a new dance move. It's coming out. I got a group, Little Bishop and them. <laughs> so when y'all see it, y'all will know in advance. Okay, y'all will know in advance. Be like, oh, that, that, I'm telling you in advance. It's called a blessing step. <laughs> I ain't finna sit up here and be bound by what you did to me. And then, and then they'll lose power when they know that you're not bound by it anymore. When you say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> what? <laughs> You need to clear your throat? I got some Ricola over here. You need some Ricola. What you need? All right, let me move on because I'm meddling now. But, but I just need you to understand. When you live by assignment, the Bible says you will stop making bad decisions. There's certain things you'll say, no. And you'll say, no, because I'm on assignment. Single people, when somebody comes in your life and you're on assignment, you'll say, No. And they'll tell you, but I'll give you the sun and the moon and the rain and the stars. I'll give you everything and more. All that I got is yours. And you'll be like, that's nice. Bless and stuff. You ain't part of my assignment. Because I'd rather be single and on assignment than yoked up and not going nowhere fast. Okay, I'm meddling. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm meddling. I'm meddling. I'm meddling. I'm meddling. Married folks, when you, when you get into arguments, you're going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does this have anything to do with our assignment? Then why are we making this a big issue? Well, I just don't understand. Why are you making this? Wait, 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 wait. That's great. I, I get that. I hear you. I hear you. I want you to know that. And see, man, let me just give you. See, I'm meddling. I'm meddling. I'm totally meddling. I'm going to get back on those in a minute. I'm meddling. But the Holy Ghost, this, somebody needs this meddle. <laughs> Hear me. All she wants to know is that you heard her. Yeah. Heard her. H E A R D. Come close, cameraman. All she wants to know is that you heard her. So now, man, even though, because, you know, man, we go into that zone where our hearing ceases. Come on, can we be honest, man? Please, man. And they're talking and you... Just... Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, I didn't... Okay. All right. I heard everything you're saying, but we ain't doing none of that. Okay? I love you. But the buck stops right here. But just listen to it. Don't, don't cut off. You don't have to be a tyrant. Like Pharaoh. Suffer, suffer the woman not to speak. So listen. Oh, that's great. That is, oh, okay. Really? And they had it on sale. Wow. Wow. On sale, that's good. I hear everything you're saying, Donald. We ain't buying none of that, okay? 
Let's go get something to eat, okay? What you want? You can pick that. You can pick that. Can. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to stop meddling. I'm going to stop meddling. I'm going to stop meddling. Just listen to him, man. Stop it. Like you judge Joe Brown or something. And then ladies, married ladies, married ladies, married ladies. I'm going to say it again. Married ladies. And, and, and then listen to him. I'm meddling. And I'm going to come up out of your Kool-Aid in just a moment. But listen to him. I know when he gets home, you don't want to hear nothing about what he's talking about, about how he had to knock two by four off of this, and then this happened, and then he had to fill up the gas tank, but something happened with the diesel changeover exchange. And yeah, I know you don't really want to hear all of those details. <laughs> Ladies, don't y'all look at me like that. But just listen. Just listen. Really? Wow. And then watch this. If you want them to, if you want them to move through it real quickly, ladies, say, well, how'd that make you feel? <laughs> he gonna stop talking right there. What's he talking about feeling? I'm sitting here trying to tell her how my day was. He's sitting here talking about some feelings. I ain't got nothing else to say. Okay, I'm gonna leave all of this alone. Get the relationship revolution series. I'm gonna leave all of this alone. The point I was making is just listen, but I was meddling. Fourth thing. First thing is know your gifts. Second thing is use your gifts in the church. Third thing is use your gifts in your career. Fourth thing, watch this. Get excited about your gifts. And consequently, your life. Why should God be more excited for you than you are for yourself? Why should your pastor be more excited for you than you are for yourself? Now, here's why it's difficult sometimes for us to get excited about life. Because you've had so many disappointments. Can we be honest? We've had, we've had, and so, so sometimes what we say is, I'm not going to get excited because that way, if nothing good happens, then at least I didn't ex expend no energy. But what you don't understand is what you're doing is you end up creating an environment, watch this, of the antithetical nature of expectancy. See, if a woman's told that she's expecting a baby, what are y'all going to do? What are y'all going to do? You, you go get cribs. Ain't, ain't seen no baby yet. You got a crib. Once you find out the sex of the baby, you got clothes. Ain't seen no baby yet. You have clothes. You, 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 you have baby formula. You have diapers. You have little play toys. You have little jungle gym things. You get bouncy things. They don't even have no teeth. They're not even be born. They got teeth and rings. Because you are expecting based upon the word, watch this, of a doctor. But Bishop, I saw the ultrasound. You don't know. So but you mean to tell me between all that white and black fuzz that appears in the ultrasound, now how do you know they printed yours? Now here's the point I'm making. You take the word of a doctor and begin spending money and making plans and making preparations because you are expecting. It should be the same thing for your life. I may have had some disappointments. I may have had some setbacks, but I'm expecting. 
God, I wish I had somebody. I'm expecting that this too shall. I'm expecting that one day I'm going to be the head and not the tail. I'm expecting that I'm going to be above and not beneath. I'm expecting. Touch somebody and say, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. So, so I make preparations because I'm expecting. I says, when you do not have an expectation, you now remove the ability for there to be excitement. And when there is no excitement, what you are now doing is you are now torturing yourself because of something that happened years ago. You won't enjoy today because you're scared that today might turn into five years ago. And so you end up missing the blessing of today because you're scared about what happened five years ago and you're letting your past determine your present and your future. Bishop, what should I be excited about? Why should I be excited about my life? Why why should I be excited about my gifts? Why Why should you be excited that you got a printout that tells you how you're gifted? And a box with those gifts in them. Here's why you should be excited. It's the title of the teaching. Because Paul told Timothy, stir up the gifts. He, he said, he said, son, he said, I want you to resuscitate yourself. God, he said, sometimes son, there's not going to be anybody there to encourage you. He said, so sometimes you're going to have to encourage your, he said, you're going to have to resuscitate yourself. And when you get knocked down, ain't going to be nobody around to lay hands on you. Sometimes you're going to have to lay hands on yourself and say, you shall live and you shall not die. You shall declare the works of the Lord. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You shall not die like this. You got to. Resuscitate yourself. And then he said, he said, he said, remember, he said, stir up the gifts. That, that word there, it, it meant to inflame. He said, start a fire, Tim. Yeah, that was his nickname. Tim Tim. <laughs> he, said, he, he said, start a fire. And he said, start it in yourself. You, you, you ever been, you ever been, uh, you, you ever had your, your pilot light go out on your, on your, uh, on your hot water heater. And then you called yourself trying to fix it yourself. And you said, well, I got this long-ended lighter here, so I figured. Watch this. Watch this. Hear me. Hear me. Don't miss it. It's so simple. Don't miss it. He said, son, he said, he said start a fire in yourself. Which means what he said was, well, Bishop, how do you start a fire? You start a fire when you've got two objects that create a spark. Right? He said, let a spark get started so that you can start a fire. You're missing it. He said, he said, use two things that don't seem like they should work together. And start a fire. Bishop, what do you mean by that? Use the people running their mouth about you. And use your financial troubles. Two things that don't look like they should work together. And let a spark get started and start a fire in yourself. Use the fact that they're going to lay you off. Who am I preaching to? He said, use that 
and combine that with the fact that you don't know what you're going to do next week to live. And start, who am I talking to? Start a fire. He said, use the fact that your mother and your father forsook you and combine that with the fact that you're not sure where your next meal's coming from. Start a fire. I wish I had somebody in this place. He said, use the fact that you're living on unemployment. Use two things that don't look like they can work together and start a fire in yourself. You know what makes you most excited and gives you the biggest zeal and gives you the biggest passion? You want to know what it is? I'm going to tell you. It is not always when you get good news. Sometimes it's when people tell you, you can't do that. And you think to yourself, when I wait just one cotton-picking minute round here, what I'm going to do is show you that no doesn't mean no for me. For me, no means not this way. Are you getting this? He said, start a fire in yourself. He said, well, he said why, why in the world are you sitting up here, Timothy, crying? He said, I heard you crying. So Paul said, no, nah, I'm crying. So we all cried. That was the first way to exhale. It was the original one. It was the men exhaling. It was the church leaders having to exhale about the church people. They sitting up just all the apostles was together, all of them, all of just. But they found a point when they exhale. Shoop. Shoop-a-doop. Shoop-a-doop. Shoop-doop. Now watch this. Say, start a fire. There's something going on in your life now that you're letting make you sad that you should be letting start a fire in you. When they told me that Denver was the church planter's graveyard, and why are you doing this? Why, why are you doing this? I said, well, you, what you started, my friend, is a fire. Because I ain't dying here. <laughs> start a fire. When they tell you, hey, there's no way you're going to be able to ever make it. You're going to be a $9 an hour person all your life. You say to yourself, oh, <laughs> really? Start a fire in yourself. When somebody says, but your past, your past is too significant. When, nobody's going, nobody's going, come on now. Start a fire. I'm done, but I just needed somebody to get that. Here's the last thing. He's, he said, he said, he said, stir up the gift. Say, stir it up. Stir it up. He, he said, keep your mind on your gifts. <laughs> Focus is, is good when it has discipline. So you could be focused all day, but undisciplined, and so that doesn't mean you're getting anywhere fast. Say focus. Say keep your mind on your gifts, Timothy, not on your problems. Keep your mind on your gifts. Bishop, why? Because there's going to be days, I don't care how spiritual you are, how much you pray, there's going to be days where you just figure, what is all this for? Am I talking to anyone? There's going to be days where you're going to say, I'm just so tired. Can we be honest? And it ain't just older folk doing it now. Now we got teens talking about it. They're 13 talking about Bishop, I'm just tired. Saying, God, dog, babe, what you been doing to be tired? I'm just so tired. 
There's going to be days where you're going to be like, all my life, I had to fight. <laughs> Color purple. Okay, uh, watch this. And then it's in those moments you got to say, but wait a minute, I'm gifted. And these circumstances don't change my gift. I'm, 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 I'm still an administrator. I'm still an encourager. I still got mercy. Mercy, mercy me. He said, he said, he said keep your mind on your gifts. Because if you do that, you're going to keep your mind on your assignment. You know how people get frustrated in life? Because they get their mind off their gifts and they start wanting to just do something because they think it's going to bring them joy. So a woman says, if I can just get married, I'll be happy. Then she gets married and she's not happy. A man says, if I can just get a wife, I'll be happy. Then she gets a wife and he's not happy. A person says, if I can just become the CFO of this company, I'll be happy. And then they get it and then they're not happy. You know why? Because happiness is a moving target. But when you live by assignment predicated upon how you're gifted, every day will be fulfilling. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I kind of wanted to just talk this out. Are y'all all right? Last thing about that word when he says store up your gifts, he says let your gifts gain strength. Can, can, I, can, I, can I just be your pastor for a minute? Oh, God, only four of you. Now, some of you are saying, what does that mean, Bishop? I'm going to tell you what it means. It means I need to just be a little hostile toward you in a corrective fashion. That's what the definition of the word pastor is in Hebrew. It means to be hostile toward in a corrective fashion. Why is it your kids know more about the real housewives than, than your house? <laughs> now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. What, what are you saying, Bishop? Paul said, Timothy, enhance your gifts. What is he saying? Do what you can do, Tim, to be the best you. When's the last time, parents, your children saw you read a book that wasn't a romance novel? And you trying to cover up the front of it. I'm just pastoring for a minute. I'll go back into the other thing. Parents, when was the last time that, that, that your children saw you read the Bible when it wasn't on the screen? I'm not, I'm not beating you down. What I'm saying is, what are you doing to be a better you? What are you doing? What are you studying? Well, Bishop, I don't have money to go to school. You know, they created this really neat thing years ago called Google. If you're not a Google fan, Yahoo or Bing. I don't know who still uses those, but hey. There's a vast array of knowledge that's free. What are you doing to be the best you? Are you just sitting up, Lord, just fix it. Lord, just fix it. Lord, just do it. Lord, just do it. Well, some of that stuff you want the Lord to do is in a book. And some of that stuff you want the Lord to do is, is, is there's something you can do to become a better you. My question to you as your pastor, my question to you is, what are you doing to enhance your gifts? Great, you're gifted in administration. Good. So I hope that means you're taking leadership classes. I hope that means that you're, that, you're, that you're taking administration classes. I hope that means you know how to use, oh my goodness, Microsoft Office. Because I don't know what exactly it is you're leading or administrating and you can't work a computer. 
receive. Mercy is your gift. What are you doing to put in safeguards so that you don't overuse that gift? It's real quiet in the church today. I guess I should have saved this for Wednesday, huh? Because one of the, remember, one of the, one of the cautions of mercy is that you'll get in God's way sometimes. So what are you doing to say, that's important, but it's not my problem to involve myself in it? I'm going to pray. I'm going to do whatever I can do for him, but I'm not jumping in the middle of that. That ain't my problem. So if you want to make that bed, you line that thing yourself. Y'all hear what I'm saying? What are you doing to enhance yourself? So here's, here's, here's the whole message. If you was a bishop, what's this whole message? Start the gift. This week, I want you to find one thing you can do to enhance your gifts. One thing. Just one. Just one thing. Just one thing. If serving is your dominant gift, then don't just do it here. You saw that that, was the, their, that elderly person that was at the grocery store. You could have served them and helped them bring their groceries out. Well, I'm not anointed. <laughs> Ain't anointed to pick up a bag? If that requires an anointing, then you are seriously ill. <laughs> if teaching is your, is your gift, then, 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 you know, then what, are you doing to, what are you doing to enhance that gift? Are you learning how to be a better teacher? Bishop, I don't have a classroom. Yes, you do. It's called your life. Y'all you hear what I'm saying? If prophecy is your dominant gift, what are you doing not to send everybody to hell? <laughs> are y'all understanding what I'm saying stir up the gifts enhance it make it better make it better does that make sense Harvest Father in the name of Jesus thank you for our gifts thank you that we are gifted I thank you that I'm speaking to a gifted people I'm speaking to a people that are victorious. I'm speaking to a people that are more than conquerors. I'm speaking to a people that are excited about their gifts and excited about their lives. Father, this week I pray that you give every person one simple thing that they can do to enhance their gifts. Whether that's take a class, whether that's to do some research, whether that's to just, whatever it is, Father, give all of us one thing we can do this week to enhance our gifts. Maybe it's studying the Bible greater than we currently do. Maybe it's getting the church's weekly devotional and going through that. Whatever it is, give us one thing we can do to strengthen our gifts. We are not the mistakes that we've made. We are not the issues that we've had. We are gifted. And today I charge everyone under the sound of my voice and everyone on the internet campus to stir up the gifts that are on the inside of you. When you get depressed and when you get sad and when you get stressed, stir it up. Stir it up. When, when it feels like all hope is lost, stir it up. Go, go take another class. When it, when it feels like you're never, ever going to make it out of your situation, stir it up. Go encourage somebody else. Stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. With your heads bowed and eyes closed very quickly today, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus, 
as your Lord and Savior. I got good news. He wants to know you. And today, if you need to give your life to Christ and become a Christian for the first time, that's available. Secondly, if you've given your life to Christ before, but you've not served him faithfully and you want to do that, I've got great news for you. There's forgiveness for you. Today, the Lord even had me present this message in a different way than what I intended to do because I believe that it was necessary for someone to hear it. I said, I believe it was necessary for somebody to hear it. I don't know who it was necessary for, but it was necessary for somebody to hear it. Stir up your gifts. Don't let that bankruptcy stop you. Don't let that setback stop you. Don't you let that ill will against you stop you. Stir it up. If you need to become a Christian or rededicate yourself with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in here on the internet campus, on the count of three, I want you to do one thing and one thing only. I want you to throw your hand up so we can pray for you. One, two, three. Throw that hand up if that's you. Hallelujah. 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 I want everybody to pray this with me. With every, every hand lifted, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I believe the Bible that says Jesus died to pay for my sin. And not just to pay for my sin, but so I could have abundant life. Today I choose abundant life. Today I choose to stir up the gifts that are on the inside of me. Greatness lies on the inside of me. I believe that. And today... If this is my first time asking you into my life, I am now a born-again Christian. If I was far from you, I am now reconnected to you. I make a decision to stir those gifts up. When things get tough, I'm going to stir it up. When things get rough, I'm going to stir it up. When it doesn't feel like I can make it, I'm going to stir it up. When it doesn't look like there's any way out, I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to stir it up in Jesus' name. Won't you give God a shout all in this place? I said, why don't you give him a shout all in this place? The Lord totally flipped the whole script today. So I know that it was for somebody. Amen. Do me a favor as you take your seats or even if you're already seated, just hug two or three people around you and tell them, stir those gifts up. Stir those. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, 
Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.